0: You need to get rid of these, then pinch your ear, and you're going to sneeze. Oh. Now, suck your thumb until the hallucinations stop, and remember, they're not real bats.
1: So Adam, we've got a little bit more information about the upcoming episodes of Doctor Who. Yeah, right after our uh, last episode that we recorded, they finally came through and gave us the next three next three so not the whole season but do we know how many episodes are in the season yet i i everything i've seen it's it's
0: saying 10 um okay
1: yeah so now we know so spy fall so we're three episodes in we know the next three so we know six out of the 10 yeah yeah six out of ten
0: i'm i honestly am still somewhat floored by the fact that we are nearly halfway through the series already. A third of the
1: way. A third, a third of, the, of the, way, the way. But,
0: I mean, once we know the episode titles, it's like, okay, now we can kind of start setting our um, pacing by what episodes we've already watched. Um, and if you think about it, I mean, if they're going to do, like, three-episode titles, maybe we're going to wait until the last episode six, and then they're going to release the rest of the series. But, um, yeah, it it's moving at a clip.
1: Yeah. Well, today we are going to be reviewing the latest episode, Orphan 55. But before we jump into that, because we do know the next couple titles, and they gave like little brief descriptions, it's worth at least discussing maybe our thoughts. We know that the next episode that's coming up is going to be called Nikolai Tesla's Night of Terror. Yeah. Which kind of sounds like a book title, like like, like a... Hardy Boys book title.
0: <laughs> when I was when I was Google searching uh, the title, um, I think there is some references to some other material by a very, very similar name. I don't think it's totally original to Doctor. Who. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw a couple other things show up when I when I Google searched that.
1: I like titles like this. I like very descriptive titles that are kind of borderline cheesy, kind of a throwback, you know, to to older older things. I guess. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I uh, I like the title. It's very descriptive, right? You know,
1: you know at least one of the main characters you're going to be getting. Um, so that's good. do you think because uh, Nikolai Tesla, a famous historical person, and you know, I like my go back in time and meet famous people episodes. But one of the lines that's in the trailer for this episode was when he introduces himself as Nikolai Tesla, the doctor calls him a liar. <laughs> so it's kind of like, maybe it's not Nikolai Tesla. Maybe it's somebody Aww. pretending to be Nikolai Tesla.
0: No, it's, it's definitely going to be Tesla. The doctor's right. just getting, just getting upset.
1: Now the guy who's playing Tesla quote unquote Tesla is, um, is the only <laughs> so far is the only guest star that I recognize from American TV.
0: You, you actually recognize him?
1: Yeah. Goran Vyshynik, I think. I'm not sure. I don't, I can't pronounce his last name very well, but he was a big star. He was in ER. He was, uh, in a couple other shows. Um, timeless. I think the time travel show that they did that kind of only lasted a couple seasons and got a bit of a cult following.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, so he's been in stuff. He's definitely a recognizable face to me from American television.
0: Huh. I I His face looked familiar, but I don't know. It, it kind of looked like a couple other faces out there. And I get names confused,
1: so I thought maybe he just was a lookalike. Yeah, if you pull up his IMDB, I bet you would recognize some of the things he's been in. Okay. I mean, ER probably being the most recognizable role that he, he was Dang, in. Dang, that shows like 20 years in the past, right? is it 20 you're making me feel old um (laughs) now i want to now i want to pull up his uh imdb just to be sure that i'm actually getting this correct i think it's the same dude i used to love er i was a big fan and i think he was kind of a late addition so it wasn't in the original cast but kind of as the seasons went on they kind of added him as one of the doctors kind of later on
0: oh wow I just pulled up his IMDb, and he looks different when you take off the mustache. He he's was a, in Electra. Wow, he's a handsome fella. Wow, Electra. So, 1999 to 2008 is ER, or at least when he was on ER. Okay,
1: so he came in five seasons in then, because ER started in 1994. Okay. Okay. So I am remembering correctly. Yeah. So I mean, that's a pretty big. That's like one of those shows that is, you know. At the top of the list when you think of like all time best known television shows. Yeah. Like ER kind of set the standard for what became a very common type of television show. So, so yeah, that's pretty good cred. I don't know that we've had too many guest stars in Doctor Who that have had um, a better uh, resume.
0: Yeah. I mean, probably from the US side, you're, you're, you're spot on. Um, huh. It's interesting. Yeah. Anyways, cool. That's that's cool to know. Yeah, what so other he's... knowledge are you going to drop on me?
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I have all kinds of knowledge. I'll be, I'll be dropping <laughs> on you later. But um, yeah, so I thought that was, I don't know. He, I guess he stood out to me just because I was familiar with his work previously. Obviously, you never heard of the guy. So maybe I'm overstating <laughs> his, uh, I, his star I've power. Seen,
0: I've seen his face with the mustache. Without the mustache, he doesn't look nearly as familiar as I thought he did. <laughs>
1: But we did get just a brief little um, kind of thing here. It says, the time, the earliest years of the 20th century, the place, New York City. Inventor Nikolai Tesla is at war with his rival, Thomas Edison. However, there's an even greater threat in their midst. So do you think we're going to get a Thomas Edison appearance, or is he just going to be off screen kind of thing? Oh, well, they have an actor ascribed to him. So Edison's going to be there. Wow, so we're not only getting Nikolai Tesla in an episode, we're getting Thomas Edison. Heck yes, we are. I like this. Okay, I'm excited for this one. The battle of ACDC current. Bring it on. <laughs> uh, and then episode five is going to be Fugitive of the Jadoon, which we are familiar with the uh, the Jadoon from previous Doctor Who episodes. What's your best, give me your best Jadoon impression. <laughs> no 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 come on i'm not doing no, stop, 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 stop.
0: something like that right <laughs> that's pretty much spot on yep. <laughs> yep. you're right there
1: all right so i can't believe you made me do that
0: <laughs> all i have to do is laugh and you'll you'll take it from there you're like fine fine
1: fine um so this one it says stomping their way into present day gloucester i'm probably not pronouncing that right gloucester Glog, uh, Gla- Gla-
0: oh man, come on! I'm gonna lose. We'd, I'm gonna lose all cred with anybody that I know in the UK. Uh, we take Glouc- off our U- UK Glouc-
1: listeners more and more.
0: Yeah, we'll go with it. G Town, how about that?
1: <laughs> oh, that's probably even worse. Um, <laughs> the Jadune are on the hunt for someone on the run. Who is who is this fugitive, and why are these alien mercenaries after them? All right, we don't know who, much who's, about this. Who's, who's the? Uh, Who's the Fugitive? I don't know. But it's we, probably just going to be another Jadoon, right? Maybe. Um, it does look like the, the guest stars are uh, human. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we have Ruth and we have Ruth's husband. So yes. doesn't really give much more information
1: there. Ruth Clayton and Lee, Ruth's husband. So I don't know if it's a Lee. I guess it's maybe not Lee Clayton. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Maybe So I don't know. any thoughts on this one. Are you excited to see the Jadun back? Uh,
0: I feel like this is one of the um, one of the villains, monsters, how a- aliens that they kind of touted um, I say pretty early on, but when they first released the trailer, like this was the big one that showed up in the trailer, um, at least in clear focus. So I'm I'm interested to see what Chibnall, Chibnall does with them. I mean, the last time we saw them was
1: tenant.
0: Is that correct?
1: Maybe I'm thinking you're right, but you know so, so it's been it's been a while it's been okay. a it's
0: been a a good clip since the last time that we saw him. so I don't know we'll we'll see what happens. I feel like Mickey was around the last time that we saw him.
1: I think they were weren't they the ones that invaded the hospital when the doctor yes. was meeting Martha uh, Martha so i mean yeah. mickey came came he mickey was all through tenant's stuff so uh, but yeah he wasn't in that episode for sure
0: mickey mickey and martha at the end were they fighting the jadoon or were they fighting someone else
1: fighting it? someone else i believe oh they were fighting the um the potato head men
0: ah you're right okay the armor, the armor throws me off, and then the Jadun wear those like black helmet
1: things that make them look like juggernaut, which looks yeah. like bad guys. Yeah, body shapes aren't too different, but yeah, that was what's the what are those guys called? Uh, Santarans or something like that. Uh,
0: what are the one what are Eccleston's fart monsters called? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 'Cause I get those names confused. There's they're the Slitheen, right?
1: Slithine and the I thought there was the Okay. S- so the Centaurin are the potato head guys. Okay. Yeah. Man, we are we are rusty. We are super rusty. <laughs> <laughs> this it'll all come back. Uh
0: we're we're still we're still roaming up. By the time we get to episode ten, we'll be we'll be back on our game. Guaranteed. So
1: episode six is called Praxius. And this one, it says, The Doctor and her friends split up to investigate multiple mysteries across planet Earth. What they find will threaten all of humanity. Hmm. A little bit of a quote here. When we come into the episode, the Doctor, Graham, Yaz, and Ryan are already split up around the globe, investigating strange goings-on that are linked to a brand new alien menace. Brand new alien menace. Prepare for a fun roller coaster of an episode with some genuinely disturbing moments and watch the skies. Disturbing moments. Watch those skies. And we got a picture of the TARDIS on a beach with a bunch of bird like creatures swarming around it.
0: Yeah. That's uh That's interesting. I mean, birds in flocks can be pretty freaky, so
1: how, how do you feel about the, the companions and the doctors splitting up? I mean, it seems like pretty common that that's the way they've been doing things. Yeah. Even in this first episode, it was, or in the episode we're going to review today, the Orphan 55, there's the scene when they first show up at the, at the resort, and they all kind of are like, I'm going to go check out the pool. I'm going to go check out the inside of the hotel. I'm going to go sit over there and have a drink. The doctor's like, I guess I'm going to go by myself. Yeah. So it's kind of like... That's kind of the way this group is starting to uh, operate and they're comfortable with not necessarily all being together all the time. It's,
0: I don't know. I find it kind of strange, but uh, we'll go with it.
1: And it might, we've had our complaints about the doctor not getting enough focus. And I think that these type of storylines are part of the reason why, because they do split up so much that you have to have, you know, shared time where you're showing, okay, what's going on over here? What's going on over here? What's going on with the doctor? Whereas if they had, if they all stuck together, then the doctor would get more screen time. So, yeah. So uh, I guess at least in episode six, maybe we're going to once again be disappointed by the, the lack of doctor screen time. I'm,
0: I don't know. I like the idea of something new showing up. That's fun.
1: New, I mean, is it going to be the birds? Like, are the birds the thing? Is <laughs> like watch the skies, or is it some kind of of villain that controls birds?
0: Yeah, it's probably. I yeah, I don't know. Maybe we just spoiled it for everything. Maybe it's going to be. <laughs> I mean, this is like the third or fourth time we've heard the line that something's going to be genuinely disturbing, um, and nothing yet has totally nailed the
1: blink or the sl- silence disturbing uh factor so we'll see yeah um yeah i mean i i think it just depends on on the person too because i feel like the silence didn't even do it for me blink definitely you know not even
0: when they're they're running around with all the marks on their arms no nah,
1: i don't know really? something about the way the silence looked wasn't intimidating. To oh
0: me. well, okay, I'll give you that. The I will say, concept I mean, of them was frightening.
1: Yeah, the idea of it, it, it was. Um, in this episode, I'll say, Orphan Fifty Five, um, and we can jump into talking about it. But I thought the the gre- Dregs, not the Gregs. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's definitely less intimidating uh, <laughs> if they were the Gregs, but no, the Dregs. Were, I thought they were pretty freaky. Like, look, They looked freaky. They they looked like something that you wouldn't want to come up against for sure. They looked like they could just tear you apart. And not only did they look creepy, but they actually had these things like murdering people pretty brutally.
0: Yeah, the body count was fairly high in this episode. I'm pretty sure that they cleared out the entire uh, vacation resort area. Um, all those no survivors, trash. right? Yeah, like, they're... they're- the only survivors were the ones that were on the screen with us the entire time so we had doctor three companions two security people which dwindled um hyphen dwindled maintenance dude and his son and then Bella
1: yeah so, so that's what i'm saying survivors it wasn't even you you're you're naming people that didn't survive oh yeah true so survivors, <laughs> so it would survivors, just be,
0: we had seven
1: yeah doctor companions eight the father's son and maybe 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 bella and kane we're not sure but we're just jumped to the very end But let's jump back to the beginning of this episode because there were some twists and turns in this one um my feelings for this episode were kind of all over the place kind of like the episode was (laughs) um like it started out in one place, and I was kind of on board with it, and I was I was into this thing. I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's got some intimidating aliens, and and then it kind of you know started going a little different direction for me. But the tentacle, what everybody was wondering about, right? Yeah. And the picture was- from the preview picture of this episode, there's this giant tentacle mm-hmm. in the TARDIS, and it's kind of like, what's that all about? Well, it really didn't end up being about anything. No, total red herring. Total red herring.
0: That's one of those things that you can throw into a screenshot and everybody's like, what? Spoiler. And really, it's no more than like a 30-second transition at the beginning of the
1: episode. I do have questions, though, because the tentacle was in the TARDIS. Um, was it attached to anything, or did the thing's tentacle get severed? Yeah, so
0: I would go with the severed approach. Okay. It's coming from the door, and they, which sounds... Terrible, but I think the doctor probably just closed the door and it cut off the the tentacle.
1: Yeah. Okay. The yeah. space squid. It so was fried up some time. calamari. Ew. You don't like calamari? No. Oh, I love calamari. That's mm, it's like no. one of my favorite foods. I mean, if anything tastes good fried. I was gonna say that is the one way that I think I've
0: ever been able to eat that is with it like uber deep fried, and it was basically super crispy and probably more battered than anything.
1: I like it in all ways, but I do like it fried, but I like it in like a a nice soup, like a seafood soup. I like it with some some curry over rice. I don't mind if it's a little rubbery. (laughs) Nice.
0: I like the the way that you're like going through your list. I like it in soup.
1: I like it in
0: curry with some rice.
1: I like it. I like it. Keep going. So... (laughs) Uh, Graham, you know, of course, wins a trip to this tranquility spa. It's kind of a cool. I thought it was kind of a cool idea. The device that they came up with for this was pretty creative.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's he essentially just collected the six required coupons to. Well, okay, coupons or coupons. He collected whatever, <laughs> whatever, however you want to say it. He collected six of them to build a perfect square. Um, did you did you catch where he said they were delivering it? The the paper that he got the coupons from? No. It was like by the coffee machine and then he was like upstairs by the coffee machine or maybe it's downstairs. Either way, Graham in this episode again was like somewhat
1: of the comic relief when he did have the chance to talk. Yeah, which is fine. I I think Ryan and Graham kind of traded off and that's kind of been the way these characters have been. You know, Yaz isn't usually one to say something kind of goofy or funny, but Ryan and Graham kind of go back and forth. So it's not super out of character if either of them say something kind of silly.
0: Yeah, true, true.
1: Um, I liked the kind of the idea of this, like, oh, look, let me put these six coupons together and it makes this cube. And then suddenly the doctor's like, wait, don't, put, you know, <laughs> oh, crap. Okay, we got four minutes or four seconds, whatever it was. but And, she, and they were kind of like, oh, I hope you packed. You know we gotta. We're gonna be transported somewhere against our will.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: And, and we found they out were that they they uh, teleported to Tranquility Tranquility Spa, which I will say, not that impressive <laughs> as far as luxury resorts go. Uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of looked, looked like, like had- a rundown, <laughs> like uh cheap knockoff to a really bad seventies resort.
0: Yep, I agree. There was not much going on. I think the only benefit that it had is that it looked as though it was in the middle of nowhere next to nothing. So, I mean, if that's your thing, getting out in the middle of nowhere. Other than I guess there were like 20 or 25 other people
1: there with you. but There was a beach, I guess. But I, I thought actually, I don't know if it was just budgetary. They didn't want to spend the money on it. But I thought they could have sold it a little bit better as this like tropical paradise you know that they showed up at because even when they do show up there, all the companions kind of look around like, oh wow, and I'm sure that they're looking at nothing, in, you know, in green screen or whatever. They don't know exactly. what's going to be there, but they're looking around and and then when I'm seeing what's actually on on screen, I'm like, oh, that's not you know, it's it's not an impressive place by any means.
0: Yeah. Yep. So that's, I, was, I mean, they had a pool, but that was pretty much all we got a go, good
1: look at. The Doctor has taken previous companions to better places
0: that they have.
1: But yeah, so we get we get um pretty quick get into the the action. You know, they're not even there for 5 minutes and Ryan's catching some kind of virus, you know, out of the vending machine. Now, the hopper virus that is
0: something from this episode that I could get behind. I thought that was a, a cool little thing.
1: I agree. I actually really like that part that that whole scene where he gets it in his hand. And it, I thought it looked pretty cool. You know, you kind of see it right under the skin, which is really creepy and it's kind of moving around. And then the doctor yeah. comes over and I just thought the whole sequence where the doctor kind of knew what to do and was like, all right, we need to empty out this bag and you need to do this. And then she kind of knows how to get it out of him and how quickly I thought, um, I thought Whitaker did such a good job of kind of how quickly she was re- delivering the lines and then Ryan was doing a really good job of reacting and and when she said at the end like just remember the bats aren't real or whatever and he's there like swatting at the air and stuff yeah. i just i was cracking up i thought it was a really funny sequence
0: yeah they did a really good job of selling what was happening both like the doctor's expertise but also the situation that Ryan found himself in to me that is that is one of those moments where like Doctor Who is at its best, um, and they did a really good job with that. And then, yeah, like you said, the the Hopper virus as it was going around his hand, and I mean, how how long did they actually have to show it going into his hand before it just disappeared into his arm? Not very long, but it 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 gave the. I don't know, lack of a better way of putting it, the weight to what was what was going on. It looked creepy that something was inside Ryan, and then from that point forward, all he had to do was like wiggle his fingers and then fall to the ground and then pretend to sneeze. And but that entire scene played out really well, and I really like the idea of the Hopper
1: virus, um, I which does it. come back. Yeah, later in the episode, Yaz. Just a really quick scene by the pool. She interrupts. Uh, kind of an older couple <laughs> in a romantic moment, um, which is kind of a throwaway thing that happens. It kind of ties into stuff later. I have questions as to why these characters exist, but we could talk about it that la- more later.
0: I don't have answers, so we could talk about it, but we aren't going to get very far.
1: Uh, so and then Ryan has his whole thing. And then he goes and hides under a table because I guess he's having the hallucinations. And he's and she, the doctor tells him to suck his thumb. Yep. And then he's ne- and then there's this girl there that's kind of she's also sucking her thumb. And then he starts talking to her. Um, an interesting moment between these two characters. She basically he's kind of talking to her, and then she's kind of like, "Are you trying to hit on me?" And he's like, "Not, not really." But then she's like, "Oh, you, you, thats a shame." And it was kind of this kind of an awkward moment between these characters. I don't know if I was really buying into the chemistry much but it was okay. I guess Ryan, you know, it's nice to see him meet a nice girl. I guess she wasn't <laughs> really nice though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm because that's that's not where the relationship stops and there's there's a couple other awkward exchanges that take place between the two of them. And I'm I was trying to figure out or make the decision in my own mind like what is this serving for character or for Ryan as a character, other than just to highlight, like the dude is awkward. Um, there's no getting around it. He was awkward in series 11. He's awkward now. Um, even, I mean, later on they're they're on the bus and I'm sure we'll, or the truck and I'm sure we'll get there with the exchange that happens there. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's, there wasn't much chemistry to even buy at that point. If anything, they just seemed like, good friends that were having a laugh with
1: each other. Yeah. But she definitely was flirting with him. Was what,
0: what she though?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> no, Cause I, I mean, she was supposed to be, but right. Yeah. And in like knowing what she does later and kind of the, what's revealed about her. It's an interesting moment because you're, I was thinking, especially upon a rewatch, I'm sitting there thinking you're here because you want to blow up the hotel. Why are you flirting with one of the people that, you know what I'm saying? Like, what was she, what did she think she was going to gain? They never really in the story, never really kind of paid off that. Like maybe she was trying to get in with Ryan because she thought that was going to get her closer to, you know, this character or, you know, what she needed to accomplish. It seemed really random that she was talking to him at all. It's kind of like, wasn't she there for a pretty nefarious purpose? You know, you're not typically chatting up the clientele, you know, if you're a, a terrorist.
0: Yeah, and I think that that highlights just it. There were so many things, and you you mentioned it with uh Benny and and Velma, was it? Um, I think Velma, there you go. Yeah, Benny and Velma, where it's like there's aspects of this episode that are there and they exist, and after watching the episode a couple times you still don't have a solid reason for why they exist. And they, they spend a lot of time investing in these aspects of the episode. And then at the end of it, it's just like, Oh, okay. Like it, it was a filler. Like it didn't add to the story. Removing it entirely wouldn't detract from the story, but, or, or what's the motivation behind the relationship between Bella and, and Ryan? Um, yeah, it, it is, it is kind of, kind of interesting.
1: It was almost like the writer wanted to introduce us to a very interesting cast of characters, but didn't think about why those characters existed. Yeah, it's kind of and like, that's... oh, we got this old couple. That's cool. And then oh, there's this father-son that have green hair, and there's this girl that's got a chip on her shoulder that wants to blow the place up. And it's like there. Are, it does sound like an interesting cast of characters, but there there was never like established a really good purpose really for any of them. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think you could have cut this cast down. And it could have been the doctor, companions, and, you know, uh, what's her name? The military kind of woman that they met. Um, Kane. Kane. It could have been like Kane and her crew. And then that was enough. You know, you didn't necessarily need all these kind of extra characters that didn't yeah. really end up meaning much. I think you could make a case for the father son because they kind of played into the end a little bit. But other than that, really kind of never understood the reasoning and we can continue we'll we'll talk a little bit more too about some of the the story beats yeah the,
0: the only thing i could think of is like stakes like artificially trying to drive stakes higher because of emotional investment or desired emotional investment in some of these characters which ultimately falls flat because you never really have a chance to become invested in them. I'm really interested because the, the writer of this story is Ed Himes who also did, it takes you away, mm. which was a solid episode um, from the last series. Um, but we did have that lingering character of ribbons that just kind of existed. <laughs> and mm. he added a little bit to the story, but ultimately he was just like this weird um i don't know weird parentheses in the middle of the episode that he really ultimately did not end up mattering um so i was also the one that had the weird like
1: talking frog too right
0: yeah yep had the weird (laughs) talking frog
1: um yeah i really like that episode too but yeah the talking frog kind of threw me at the end
0: yeah anyways it's, it's just i don't know he has a tendency to throw in weird stuff that you makes you wonder what
1: so Silas, uh, the the boy, and his dad, who I'm forgetting his name, were... Nevi. Uh, Nevi? Yeah. They they were interesting characters, but the thing that stuck out to me with them was they had the worst hairstylist oh. um, on staff. I didn't under- like <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, their hair just looks so bad. It almost looks like they just grabbed these green wigs and didn't have the time to do anything with them. So they just 100% put 100% them... agreed okay because <laughs> the costuming could have been a little better there like style it a little bit or something make it look a little bit more like natural hair it just looked like really bad wigs
0: yep yep. it looked like someone grabbed something out of the party store um, like on their way to a, a dress up party and like like you said had no time to do anything with it and it, it just like you know how um, like multi or neon colored wigs have that like weird fibrous look and texture to them. Right. That's exactly what their hair looked like. Like yeah. weird, weird hair. Um. Yeah. It, it was, it was a pretty bad look. It was kind
1: of distracting.
0: Yep. Just a little bit. <laughs> and I mean, that's not the only thing. Like also we are introduced to the character hyphen with a three. Um. That wasn't the best look either. Like I dressed up as a bear for Halloween this year. And my nose looked pretty much the same as the nose that they painted on that character.
1: (laughs) It looked like a character from like a, not from a Star Wars movie, but a parody of a Star Wars movie.
0: Yeah, it kind of looked like something from Spaceballs.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just almost like it was meant to look. uh, I mean, remember, we're talking about Doctor Who here. And, you know, it's almost kind of part of the, the shtick that some of the stuff's just supposed to look really cheesy and bad. So you kind of have to give it a pass where it's like almost maybe intentional. Like where okay.
0: but we did have like some really solid cat creatures with tenants run.
1: So like, well, looking at the, at the dregs now, I want to just call them Greg's, Um, (laughs) the the dregs in this episode. uh, That makeup job was really, really well done. Yeah. So good. maybe that's just they just blew the budget on the monsters. And so everything else was kind of low budget, you know, the effects for the resort and the the wigs and the you know, makeup for the the cat character, like they just they just kind of didn't have the money left. So
0: Yeah, I guess in my thought though, it's like you could just ultimately have made hyphen human mm. and it would have been fine. Like the story doesn't lose anything because all, all that all that you would lose was the throwaway line of "I like your tail," um, or "That's a really nice tail." That
1: Whitaker's doctor throws
0: out. Um, Did that's they ever all you
1: tell us when this is? Uh no, just in the future. Okay, one timeline in the future. It's interesting, yeah, because it's it's kind of important on that uh, on like the plot point that's kind of revealed. It's important, like okay, how much how far into the future is this supposed to be? How long does yeah. it take people to evolve into monsters? <laughs> the dregs of society. The dregs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the monsters were really, you know, cause we get the reveal of the monsters and in kind of the hallway as they're, yeah, everything's going wrong. Uh, the system's going down and these things have gotten in and we see this guy getting dragged away. um, from, you know, this guy getting dragged away and killed and the military guy going after him. And you see these, these monsters and you see kind of the teeth and the way their skin looks and stuff. And I was just like, wow, that's a cool, this is a cool villain. I like these things. I was hoping that it would be something that maybe would become like a regular type of thing. Now, how the episode ended up going, you know, I don't think that we'll ever see them again, but
0: yeah, probably not.
1: I thought they were cool looking.
0: Yeah, and, and that first reveal, they did a really good job of kind of, like, the really fast scatter shots <laughs> with the flashing light and, like, the slow reveal of you'll see this much of them, of the dreg first, and then this part of it. Um, I will say, like, I, I agree, really solid job with the dreg. Um, it looked best or better when there were, like, one or two on the screen. There were a couple times where they, like, just multiplied them and it, you started to lose the effect of like, oh, now they're looking kind of just cGI-ish um, when you had 20 of them on the screen at one time. Um, but they it, as an individual when they have the alpha, the the apex of the dregs interacting with the doctor, I did I did think it looked solid.
1: Now the doctor was kind of talking to uh, Kane. And was, it's kind of a weird situation because this is a resort that we, it's revealed that it's kind of like, you know, a vacation So it's not really, you know, it's just this dome type of thing and it's a digital kind of surrounding so people can come there and enjoy themselves and kind of, it feels like they're at this really beautiful resort, but really they're just kind of in this dome that's, you know, could be anywhere. Originally, they were in big cities, they said, but then in this in this case, it was on this planet that had been kind of decimated. Yeah, Um, but it's really like only that. Like how many they say it was like 25 people or something that were there.
0: Yeah, I mean, as they start counting down as the uh, body count rises, they it it seems like it goes from maybe like mid 20s down to everybody that's in the room. So, yeah, it, it wasn't I wouldn't say that
1: there were more than 30 there. Yeah, it just kind of felt weird because, yeah, there was like 25 people there. I mean, if I go stay at a resort and I go to get a Starbucks at the cafe, there's 25 people in that line. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So the fact that it was so small, like, such uh, not very populated. And then there was one person um, that was on the staff, it seemed like, that was kind of uh, greeting people. And then you had two people that seemed like they were security but the one Kane was also the owner of the hotel. (laughs) Yep. It just felt weird. Like it just didn't seem right. And one maintenance person. Yeah. It was like, okay, this this resort, hotel, not that many people were there, but also the staff is very lacking. Was this just like a startup? Like was this the first day they were open? (laughs) I mean the hotel owner is also the person that's head of security. What, what, what you don't see is that the rooms are like fully automated. So you don't really need anything.
0: They didn't show any of the rooms. All we got to see was the pool, the cafe, and the steam room.
1: So, I was thinking that. Like maybe it's like droids or something rolling around. That would have been nice to see at least some indication that there was a lot of automation or robots that were taking care of people. It just felt really – it just felt distractingly wrong. Yeah. Yep. Nothing about it felt like this is how this should be. Yep, I, I agree. It did seem out of place
0: um, because, like you said, it's supposed to be a, a resort. It's supposed to be a a spa that you stay... I mean, they were checked in for two weeks, right?
1: Yes, um, and I that's... think that was my biggest problem with this episode. It really just kind of, if I was to sum it up, was it just felt off. It just didn't feel like they thought through some of this stuff. Yep. And... And there's so many examples of it. So they they realize that Benny, the old man who was going to propose, um, has been taken by the dregs. Yeah. And then they're like, and the doctor's like, well, we have to go get him. And Cain is kind of like going to just leave him. And finally, Cain's like, okay, fine, we'll go get him. And the doctor's like, all right, I'll go gather everyone. Like, I'm going to go get the <laughs> little boy. I'm going to go get the old lady. Like, why are they taking all these people on a rescue mission? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I was just sitting there, like, why? I thought maybe on a rewatch, like, I missed something. Like, I missed a no. line that they couldn't, they weren't safe. They couldn't stay at the place, so they all had to stay together. They never explained it. It was just like, all right, let's take an old woman and a seven-year-old child with us into this this armored vehicle out to a place that has no oxygen killer beasts.
0: Yeah, I I had the exact same thought, and the only way I could justify it in my mind is that. It's a safety issue. Both security people are on the truck, but even at that, like, explain it. Say yeah, something. Make, even explain one it, line. or or put them in the room that obviously the dregs couldn't
1: get into and lock yourself in the cage. Like, well, even the fact that they had like limited oxygen. I mean, if you just brought ha- half the people and twice <laughs> the oxygen, you could stay out there twice as long, right? Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and the fact they went out there. And quickly got stuck in a trap and ended up, you know, Benny ends up dying. Uh, The soldier guy ends up dying. Like everybody just dies and all because they went to go save the guy that they couldn't save. And then they end up going into a tunnel system, going right back to where they started.
0: Yep. yep. And, And that's, that's the other thing. It's like, and they did have a throwaway line for why the dregs took Penny, but why did they take Benny instead of just, Killing him like everybody else. Like, what was so special about Benny that they thought, oh, this is the guy that we want to drag out into the unknown? And I, it's, yeah, that was just another one of those things where it's like everybody else, they mercil- mercilessly killed like almost immediately. But this old guy, they decide to carry him. I very, thought very very there was going to be very very some kind quickly. of like
1: clever reveal. Oh yeah, because yep. the part where they're all they're in the truck and you hear him outside, yeah, you know his yeah. voice talking to her, and he's like, "I just have two questions," and he finally asks her to marry him, but then he also asks them to to kill him, you know, mercy kill. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, there's some kind of trick going on here, or the monsters have like, you know, they're puppeting him or something. Like, there's something going on, or there's a spirit." Or some kind of other creatures that are out there that are good creatures, you know, that maybe have, I don't know. I just thought there was going to be some kind of twist that that the reason why Benny was taken out there and why we could hear his voice and all this stuff. And it really, there wasn't anything. It was almost like mean. It was was mean-spirited. Like the writer was sitting there like, how can I make this really tragic in the most tragic way possible? It's like, oh, let me take... The nicest, most vulnerable person, and have him dragged out and tortured and killed. Yep. As he's asking this woman to marry him. (laughs) This (laughs) is horrible. Did you ever
0: watch the uh, movie from 2018 with Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson called Annihilation?
1: No. I'm I'm familiar with the movie, but I have not seen it.
0: There's a, there's a part in the movie where one of the mutated beasts, and hopefully I'm not spoiling this for you or anybody else, but the mutated beast eats one of the people. But in the process of eating one of the people, it basically takes that person's it 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 gains the vocal capability of that person, like in a really twisted, distorted sort of way. So when Benny is talking to the people in the truck, that's the only thing my mind kept on going back to is like the dregs have have eaten him and they can now talk in his voice and they're just trying to lure him out. I said that out loud to my wife as she was watching it with me because I wanted the exact same thing. Like at that moment, it felt like the perfect time to twist it the story have some crazy reveal and because it didn't make sense that they were carrying Benny with them the entire time. Like why, why are they doing that? Um, but yeah, sadly, nope. They literally did drag him around long enough for him to come to the conclusion. Well, first he has to state, I'm not alone. Um, and then he has to
1: ask the questions, but
0: yeah, I, I, I struggled with that part.
1: (laughs) And they made it to the tunnel, like, some of them make it to the tunnels.
0: Yeah, Uh, after their second try
1: to go to the tunnel,
0: which, that's another part, and sorry, I know that, like, typically I'm a huge fanboy at most times with the episodes, and I probably go far too uh, into defensive and justification mode trying to defend the episode, but can I just say, like, wasn't the truck surrounded, and then, like they come out the bottom of the truck and then magically the truck is no longer surrounded and they're able to just like run off towards the tunnel that they just retreated from in the first place. Like weren't there supposed to be dregs surrounding that truck?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: And they're supposed to be fast. And (laughs) Kane somehow magically is thrown like 50
1: yards ahead of everybody. I think because they went on, they went out the bottom of the truck they tricked them <laughs> they went out think, the bottom and then ran out I think the that's the way we were meant to if they had gone out their normal hatch the dregs would have been ready for them but they they uh, snuck out the bottom so they they kind of gotcha. you know, got to jump on them and ran. okay okay that's I mean I don't know Pro- that's not a very good explanation but that's that's probably what they were hoping we would do I
0: also spent vast majority of the episode expecting Kane to turn out to have like some secret connection
1: with the dregs like she had some kind of deal with them that had yeah been like broken, it was- and that's why they were there
0: Yeah, or like she was controlling them the entire time and it was part of her plan to like recoup insurance money or something like that. Like, because she just kept on magically reappearing after like her death or after something terrible should have happened to her, she would just magically reappear again.
1: And they were kind of inconsistent even with her character where they were, they introduced us to her and we get the scene where we're in the truck and she's like okay they've got they've got Benny she realizes that they've got Benny and she's like all right turn around we can't save him and the old lady Vilma um says no like you have to save him here i'm going to give you this really valuable piece of jewelry and and Kane's like okay i guess we will go save him now like i guess that thing must have been really valuable yeah, I mean, enough to pay for a lot of terraforming, it's a lot of terraforming, but they kind of show this side of her where it's like she's completely heartless and she's going to leave him. But then she gets this money. So all she cares about is money. So she's not a very good person. Um, but then you have the whole thing where it's revealed that Bella is actually her daughter and Bella didn't like her very much either. And then She <laughs> says, oh, well, I was just doing this whole thing so I could give it to her.
0: Yeah, that made no sense.
1: Yeah, that didn't make any sense. But then you have at the very end where Cain comes back and saves, you know, comes back to save Bella. It just felt there was they weren't doing a very good job of establishing solid characters. Yeah, And Cain yep. was maybe the closest they got, and even with her, they it just didn't really feel like there was a lot of consistency in the character. You did, you never really as much as there was people getting killed, and you were never. I don't know. At least for me. I was never really that invested enough to care about any of these characters.
0: Yeah. Nope. I, it's, it makes me feel bad to say that. Um, But I'm, I'm right there with you. That's even when, um, because after they escape from the truck, they go into the tunnels. As they start going through the tunnels, which did no one think about closing the top door for the tunnel. Um, It seems like they've just led that wide or left that wide open, but they go down in the tunnels. Everybody's running low on oxygen. Vilma is old. She can't run. She's running low on oxygen. Even that scene where she basically is like, yeah, promise me you'll run. And then she sacrifices herself. The way that it happens, like just took all the, um, out of that scene. Like, It's something that you should be like, oh, no, Vilma, like, oh, this, this, this sucks. Like, why is this happening? But yet she's like, which one of you hurt my Benny? Like, it just sucked the air out of that, the, 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 the emotional weight out of that scene right there. And it's like, oh, she's going out somewhat comically. Like, I'm not too concerned about her anymore. Were you laughing when this woman died? Slightly. Like, honestly, like. Or like like, maybe when you heard my Benny and like, what is she going to do about it? Like she wants them to identify themselves so that they can eat her too. Like what is she (laughs) expecting to happen?
1: She, I mean, at least she could have turned around and said, here, let me leave my oxygen for, (laughs) for the doctor. Since the doctor's running low, you know, like you ran into your death and took all this valuable oxygen with you.
0: She she could have given it to Yaz when she told Yaz to run. Yaz, run! You expend a lot of oxygen when you run, so please take
1: mine. Take mine but before she... I waste it. Uh, and the doctor, I did like. I did think it was funny when the doctor was running out of oxygen more than faster than everyone else because she talked so much. Yes, that was yeah. funny.
0: Yeah, I I was trying to decide if it was because she talked so much or if it's because she had two hearts.
1: Well, they specifically said it was because she talked so much, but the two hearts thing kind of makes sense too. Um, that her body would maybe require some more oxygen. But I I thought that was a funny line. There were a couple funny lines um, in the episode. I thought the part where where the where Kane said oh you can't create that from scratch Heck yes and the doctor was like give me some crowns and a half of a thing of spam and I could create you from scratch (laughs) (laughs) that was a good line I thought that was funny
0: yes it was I mean there there you're right like there were some solid lines like again I love the part there in the truck and kane's like he's moving at 37 clicks an hour and vilma just like deadpan responds that doesn't sound like benny (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't sound like
1: my benny (laughs) that
0: floored me at that point because it was like probably unintentionally funny maybe i mean it was probably intended to be funny but the character wasn't delivering it to be funny but it was hilarious at that point in time
1: oh definitely
0: the call that the dregs were just like angry trees because they breathed in co2 and breathed out oxygen like there were the doctor had some solid
1: lines. I have three eighths of a plan, while well, really two eighths. I'll be honest; all I have is a P. All I have is a um, P. Yeah, that's which there's... I was doing the math in my head. I'm like, okay, P. There's it's a four letter word. That would be one fourth. Oh yeah, it is two eighths. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah, so there were definitely some some solid lines. I thought some good one liners, some funny parts. Um, overall, the episode was pretty weak. For me, I think it sounds like for you as well. There there was kind of the big reveal. You know, they're in the tunnel and they see the signage and that's in Russian and kind of like, oh wait, this is actually Earth, right? Yeah. Yep. That planet of the apes kind of moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I thought and in the moment I was kinda of like, Ooh, wow. Like, that's kind of a big reveal. That's kind of cool. They kind of surprised me with that. I wasn't expecting it. I think maybe other people had Karn already predicted it, but in my head, I, I hadn't seen it coming. I don't know if you saw it coming.
0: No, it it wasn't where my mind was at that point in time. Um, it, was a, it was a fun reveal. Um, it set up kind of the, the ending thrust of the episode. Um, and it was interesting to watch, or at least it was cool to see at the end of the episode – kind of like the impact that that had on the companions. I know that we've, we talked quite a bit last time just in regards to like the companions don't know who the doctor is. Um, yes. They've also faced danger with where they've gone, but I feel like up, up to this point with other companions, they would have already had that like, Oh wow. The earth isn't around forever type of experience. Like I feel like every companion has that where they get the sense of the earth is going to end at some point. This is the first time like the, these companions after series 11 where yeah, all sorts of other stuff happened, but these companions are now getting hit with like those classic Doctor Who realizations. And it's going to be fun to see what that does to them, especially when you consider like Spyfall dealt with Gallifrey going to ash. So it's like now the Companions see that it's possible for the Earth to go to Ash. It's going to be interesting to see how those two concepts play with each other as the series
1: goes on. Yeah, I did like to see the the Companions' reaction to that news. That was interesting. The um, That's why I was kind of asking earlier if we knew when this was because it does, you know, it kind of matters. It's like, yeah. is this a million years in the future where it's almost like at that point you're kind of like, okay, you know, those you don't want to see your planet die, but if somebody told me today that earth was going to die in a million years, I'm like, all right, I'm cool with that. I'm pretty sure none of my ancestors are going to be around anymore. You know, like yeah, I'll be long gone. And, um, so, you know, but if somebody came to you and said, earth's going to die in 50 years or a hundred years or even 300 years, it's just like, that's, that's like, oh, wow. That's like within, you know, there are people that, matter to me who will have people that matter to them that you know what i'm saying like it's yeah, can, it's yeah, directly you can connected if it's lines, only yep. hundreds of years but if it's a million years so i i just was kind of wondering if i had missed that reveal as to like how far in the future now you would think they were implying that this was really far off into the future because if you're going to have um a mutated species that that looks entirely different from the way they used to look and you know, even just the way that their physiology works and how they breathe, that doesn't happen in just a couple hundred years. You know, that's evolution that takes a long time. So Yeah, I mean you're you're probably right,
0: um, in regards to what what the reality of it would be. It was interesting just to hear because the doctor calls out like the causes of global warming and nuclear winter <laughs> being the two causes of of Earth go becoming
1: an orphaned planet. Um, well, she says later too. She says um, the the food there was a food shortage, or I forget how she worded it, but there was like something about the food which then led to people mass led leaving to war. Yep, and leaving the planet and war. So I mean, it could have been a situation where because of global warming it led to changes in climate which then led to the food production going down so there could have been a mass exodus from yeah. earth and you know maybe you know billions of people left the planet and only a small amount were left and those people are the ones that kind of you know fought and you know whatever and stuck around long enough to become what they become so maybe it's not an indication of the destruction of the entire population of the of the earth
0: right right nope but just yeah. the planet
1: itself yeah um, I don't know if you knew this, but this is actually t- subject matter that's happened in Doctor Who before. Really? In the the sixth Doctor's run. Really? Where they actually had something that happened very similar um, when he was with the Doctor, or when he was with his companion Perry. Which I know we haven't really watched the sixth Doctor stuff, but I have watched a little bit, and I didn't watch these episodes, but I'm familiar with Perry as a companion. I've seen. I've seen her in uh, a number of things. So I guess they had a, a scene where they were in a cavern and they they find they're on this planet and uh, they're in this cavern and they find a sign that's, you know, from the, it's, she recognizes the sign as something that would be in the, the London underground. And, okay. And it tips her off that they may be on earth and then later on it's revealed that they are they actually are on earth. Now, the only thing that's different on this, well not the only thing, but one of the things that's different is they do tell you when it happens and it's 2 million years in the future. <laughs> okay. And the reason why the earth was destroyed was because the Time Lords tried to move the earth to a different place in the in the galaxy. Huh? So they try to well, not just a galaxy, but across space. So it says uh, they tried to move the Earth light years across space, which devastated its surface, and it eventually became known as the planet uh, Rayolox. So there you go. So <laughs> for for you classic Who fans, you know this. You probably picked this up. I never would have known that if I didn't if I hadn't <laughs> found it online. <laughs> nice, nice. So the Doctor has, you know. He's had companions find out that the Earth has been destroyed uh, before. I mean, he showed Rose Tyler, right? Ninth Doctor did. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I did like that. I didn't like kind of the way they went with it. Like, I I didn't mind the reveal. I thought the reveal was cool. I, I thought the the way the companions reacted and kind of seeing that was interesting. I I felt like they could have gone they could have gone about it in a very unspoken kind of like, Hey, this is an indication of, you know, what could happen, you know, if we don't take care of our environment and kind of just left it as like, Hey, the the viewers are smart enough to get your message here. Yeah. But they didn't do that. They didn't just, they didn't give us the credit to be able to pick up on that ourselves. They literally had a, a sermon (laughs) from, (laughs) from the doctor Um kind of going through like, hey, you know, we're ruining the earth and, you know, but we can change it and it's not too late and kind of going through this, um, you know, this whole thing. And then, and then really got super heavy handed at the end, you know, where she was like, she did her whole speech and then she says, or, and then like, there's a scene of the monster, like coming at the camera. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. I mean, wow. I I really kind of rolled my eyes at that one
0: that's after i watched the episode just looking at different forums and on social media and stuff that that aspect of it was called out quite a bit i know there was even some discussion um in our facebook group or maybe it was on the facebook page about about something similar just with the um the way that is referred to the the preachy nature um of the end of it um it is, it is interesting to, to think through because I think you're spot on. Um, it could have definitely been handled a totally different way um, and still still have a similar, if not the same, impact. I think what you just mentioned in regards to like be the best of humanity or, and then going to a fictional character, um, fictional creature, a fictional monster, in some way undermines the message in and of itself <laughs> because it's like there is some very real... Possibilities, um, mm-hmm. if you will, and then to be like, or you could all turn into monsters. Um, <laughs> it's it it, it it taking the uh the the factual and under undergirding it with fictional never delivers the message quite as it should be. So it could have been handled totally differently. Um, it does seem like something that is very Chibnall esque, right? Like, is it too early to already start saying Chibnall esque with series 11 and series 12 where there does seem to be a little bit more of a in your face, I'm going to monologue and deliver this message um, spin to it. I I try to think of like when, when um, uh, Matt Smith is going on with the lizard people, right? Like he, he gets a little bit preachy there too, but it's not, as full in your face directly relevant applicable to a lot of the narrative of the present day
1: um yeah i don't know it's it's interesting it's interesting i think it's part of doctor who in that they're they don't shy away from you know kind of delivering some of these messages which i'm completely fine with i think there's a lot of good lessons that can be learned oh absolutely from fictional stories that can speak to real things that are going on in the real world um, but the thing I haven't liked about the Chibnall's run of the Doctor so far is it seems like they dial it up just a little too high on the over-explaining of it, and not just kind of giving the viewer credit to be able to pick up on the subtleties. And this this episode is a, an example of that. And you know he's got a handful of other episodes that he's done similar things. This one I think may be the heaviest-handed. Outside of maybe the one where they had the, the stand-in for Trump, <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the heaviest. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, true, true, true. I, I mean, that's yeah, that's interesting. Um, it, it, and maybe that, maybe that's the thing. Like a lot of these are delivered to the companions, but the companions aren't like present. <laughs> when the doctor's delivering it, like they are off camera as well. So it does seem like it's being delivered directly to the audience. Whereas like the doctor has always preached to villains, aliens, monsters, creatures, whatever you want to say. Like there has been preachiness in that direction, but as an audience, we're watching that sermon being delivered to someone else, as opposed to having
1: it feel like it's being delivered directly to us. Yeah. Yeah so the the last thing um, I did think it was interesting on how they they did escape and it kind of comes down to where they did have the the father's son come into play where the, they kind of had established that the father wasn't very good at his job he wasn't a very good mechanic <laughs> and his son was actually the one that was kind of telling him how to do stuff uh, and that, and that yeah. came into play at the end um, and they fixed the teleport, thing and everyone gets out of there that's still alive at this point which is basically just the doctor companions and the father and son they get out of there but because there wasn't enough space they um uh, bella decides that she's going to just go attack the monsters which yeah was kind of interesting but then kane shows up we had thought before that kane was dead Kane twice. shows up and- she should have been dead twice <laughs> <laughs> and Totally redeems herself and <laughs> totally <laughs> redeems yourself. <laughs> and I guess "quote unquote" saves Bella. But it was an interesting thing because they they teleport out of there, the Doctor and the companions back to the TARDIS, and then they're all kind of just looking at each other like, "Um, all right, we just left these people behind to die," and and then Graham kind of awkwardly looks to Ryan and is like, "Oh, I'm sure they're fine." You know, and then they just kind of change the subject about like, well, what? Did, when did you know the Earth was dead? And and like, they kind of move on. And I was like, that's a really interesting, um, dynamic to show that almost the Doctor and the companions were so disconnected from these, you know, what the events of what just happened that they weren't that concerned with the welfare of those yeah. the last two people.
0: Yeah, you're not the only one that I've seen call that out. I've seen a couple others call out the fact that like. The doctor, who TARDIS can go through time and space, would definitely know where they were. Um, didn't like go back to do anything with them, and based on based on the horde of Dreg, um, I'm it, pretty sure they died. Yeah, it did. It didn't look. It didn't look good. Um, definitely didn't look like they were making it out of there in one piece, if alive. Um, now, yeah. would it be bad for me to say I like that? <laughs> <laughs> that they just like shot out and we we're like, peace. Yeah.
1: yeah. I thought it was interesting, you know, because you do see and you've seen previous doctors kind of get disconnected in moments where they, they don't seem to care necessarily about the collateral damage. And that's one of the th- interesting things about the doctor is sometimes yeah. the doctor seems like they care a lot. And other times the doctor seems really disconnected and there's a lot going on that they they don't care. You know, and then you kind of have that question is how much of it is selfishness? How much of it is he he or she cares about their companions, but not necessarily everyone else around the companions? You know, that's who they're really focused on saving most of the time. Um, and I know we've had this conversation before in previous episodes on um, how Capaldi portrayed the doctor. And, yeah. and a lot of the collateral damage didn't seem to bother him. So I, I don't know. I thought that was a, that was interesting to kind of see... Because uh, so far, we haven't kind of seen that darker side of Jodie Whittaker's Whitaker, Jody doctor.
0: Yeah, I I hadn't thought of it until just now, but reflecting on the episode, I think you're spot on. Because the when she first goes in the linen closet, what does she say is her stated concern? She says, my family's out there. Mm-hmm. And then um, when they escape from the truck... And they find Kane on the ground. Kane's like, give me my gun. I'm getting back in there. Vorm needs my help. And the doctor says, No, he'll be fine, or he'll you can't help him, come with us. So it does seem like throughout the entire episode, the doctor is primarily concerned with the three companions. She really doesn't give a rip. I guess she does with Benny, because why else would she go after Benny in that instance? Um but yeah, that's interesting because you're right. Like they they get out of there and on the TARDIS, she's not concerned about going back for anybody else. Um, yeah. yeah. Huh.
1: So I kind of like the ending. I thought that was a. I, I I like to see these kind of wrinkles in the Doctor's personality and and start to see that Gallifreyan come out a little bit. Yeah, Cause, that's because she's not human, you know. Yeah. That's interesting. I
0: didn't, I didn't put my finger on that. I didn't, honestly, I would have probably chalked up the ending more to being unintentional writing on the part of um, the writer of the show being like, and now they're safe and like not writing any concern for, but pretty much just moving
1: forward. But
0: I I don't know. I think I maybe would
1: have too, except for the, the acting of Ryan and Graham. Yeah, yeah. In that moment, where they both felt really awkward about leaving them behind. Yeah. And and how Graham kind of almost, like, just was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure they're fine. Like, he's justifying it in his own brain. Huh. And, you know, kind of that's what comes along with traveling with the doctor. I don't know that they would have had that type of an interaction if it wasn't an intentional, you know, intentional in the storytelling. That they wanted yeah. it to feel awkward that they were left behind. Yeah. So... Hmm. Huh. so next episode we got tesla and edison coming yep pretty cool and that really Brilliant. famous actor from er <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh Vizhnik, someone Gor- is that right goren vision Gorin yeah. i like the name sounds very uh ukrainian or, or russian maybe i don't know well we'll say eastern european and just uh cover the whole lot it of it yeah so yeah, so we'll have that one next. Um, but I think for this one, I think we covered it. I think we're yeah, good. I mean, the only thing I wanted to mention is that psychic paper was back. Oh yeah, That's she pulled true. the psychic paper. Psychic paper. Which those... I like how she she was guessing wrong. Yeah. On yep. what she thought it was, uh, what it, what she thought it would say. Yep.
0: Those were those were my two highlights: the hopper virus and the psychic paper.
1: <laughs> I think my highlights were the. The one, the the funny lines from the doctor, yeah, and the uh, the ending, I thought, I thought was interesting. So. Awesome. All right, man. Cool. Well, I guess we can wrap this episode up. Um, as everyone that's listening knows, find all of our episodes on uh, apple podcasts i guess i always get corrected by my other podcast hosts uh co-hosts where when i say itunes like it's not itunes anymore it's apple podcasts <laughs> you can find it on apple podcasts you can also find all of our episodes on our website uh bad and until next time i think we're done all right <laughs>
0: Say later days am i not supposed to up oh, uh graham and his coupons best part of the episode we covered the coupons we did it is that what are you looking at uh social media yeah that's what one person wants to talk about